1: This is The View from the Gladys Street, a podcast by the fans for the fans, as we go on the terraces to discuss all the big talking points at Everton Football Club.
2: You're listening to The View from the Gladys Street podcast, and I'm your host, Ian Crowell. And for this week's show, I'm joined by two of the lads from the Toffee Blues Twitter account, Tom Clark and Max Carlisle. How are you doing, lads? Evening. It's birth. Before we get into it, I just want to say a massive thank you to everyone. ...out there who listens to the show and a massive thank you to the guests today for coming on. The reason I'm making a point of thanking you all is that the lads today have come on the show. We're all here on our own time. Uh, they've taken the time out of the day to come in, in the office and talk to Blues and you, the listeners. You don't have to listen to the show, but you've taken the time to tune in. We always have a laugh when we say we're going to have a rant about everything, but after a disgraceful result and performance like that on Saturday, it is always difficult to come on and speak about what happened But there are times that you just think, sod it, we we're not going to do the show. But you know, everyone out there listening, um, you make it worth the while. So again, lads, thanks for coming on. Like I said, you've 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 come in on your own time. You didn't have to come in, so thanks again. Um, Just to start off with, then Tom Tom will start with you. Then we'll we'll move on to Max. Let's just obviously Everton um, got beat against Norwich, bottom of the league. Just just give me a summary and analysis of of what you made of of Saturday afternoon.
0: Felt like the final nail in the coffin in terms of Silva being under pressure and I was getting our hopes up like twice against um, West Ham and then Southampton as well and then it just gets dashed completely again when you get beat by the bottom club um, and it it wasn't even like we deserved to win the game because we didn't at all. We arguably never even des- deserved to draw the game. We got beat 2-0 um, and when it gets to that low of getting beaten convincingly by the team bottom of the Premier League it's like, where do you go from there? Um, it, it was... Back to the four two three one, but back to the predictable slow build up, and it was just like he's not changing up. He he moved it to four three three for a game, and then he like, he, he kind of went no back to back to revert back to type, and it's just not working. And that's that's what he wants to go with, and it's not working, so we need to change.
2: Max, do, do you agree with that? Uh, I mean, do you mean? do you mean the changing changing managers? That was that what you?
0: Mean? Um, I'm not possibly, yeah, probably to be honest, but any. Uh, if he can change it, then he's got to change the, the formation. He's got to mix it up a little bit if he wants to keep his job, because he, he, he can see it's not working.
2: I mean, what? I'll, I'll just go straight into it. Are you silver in or silver out after that result? Mm,
1: I don't. I, I hesitate to be one of those people that jump the gun. Really, um, I think there's a lot to learn from tot, how Tottenham have conducted themselves following getting rid of the Pochettino. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, say what you like about it. I know the appointed Mourinho the day after, but you can't tell anyone that wasn't planned in advance. The, um, the back, the boardroom, I've got to have some long-term strategic planning if we are going to replace Marco Silva. And even to go as far as to say, to sack him, I mean, we'll, we'll surely we get into it, but this December running, there are some things I believe he can do himself on, off his own back in terms of, you know, just like squad selection, as Tom mentioned, the formation. A few light little adjustments that he can make to make December just a lot more bearable, to be fair. Uh, we're going to be the underdog going into pretty much all of the games that we've got. Um, what Tom touched on, the the lack of pace in the squad. You've got Morgan Schneider and Tom Davies in centre, midfielder, in centre midfield. Gilfie Sigurdsson just front, in front of them. And Cheng Tosin up top. You can't play that in a Premier League game. It's just nowhere near quick enough. And I think that really got exposed against Norwich.
2: I mean, and how bad was it against Norwich? Like, from from obviously from the fan, fan point of view, because the first half was just lethargic. It was slow. And then second half, we I, I felt like we made Norwich look like whale beaters who are actually bottom of the Premier League.
1: You've got it. I think you've got to give Norwich some credibility, really. Yeah. Uh, I thought that Todd Campbell played exceptionally well. It was there a right winger? Yeah. yeah. And even, even on the flip side, so that you mentioned that, like he, he was on the right-hand side. On the left-hand side, I think his name was Hernandez. Yeah, He was getting so much space. Uh, Theo Walcott at times almost forgot that he had to defend and just left him with a lot of, you know, as I said, a lot of space to get him behind. And he certainly did on the transition on the counter-attack. I mean, in the first half, Pickford saved us. Going a goal down, he making did a good it. one-on-one save. But even then, when you, when you individually analyse both of the goals, it's just down to poor positional awareness from our lads. Um, and then, you, you know... You go that goal down and obviously you look you look to the bench for changes and as you're saying about Silva, he's done himself no favours with the the changes that he made. Uh, the like for like Coleman for Sadebi was arguably the most questionable of those. When you've got well, I highlighted it after the game, you've got Anthony Gordon, um Moise Keane doing exceptionally well in the international break, albeit, you know, for the respective age groups. Mm-hmm. But, I was speaking to um, Rob Sloman, you know, the director of Howard's Way. Yeah, Um, yeah. And to be fair, I mentioned, like, it's almost as if we've been uh, conjured up in this this feeling of nostalgia after it got released, you know, the whole do for it. And, you know, we we come back to the action thinking, right, come on, crack on now uh, and show people what we're worth. And, you know, we got a stark slap in the face by reality there. But if you include Moyes Keane or if you include Anthony Gordon, I feel like the dynamic of the crowd just shifts feel like they expect something and and you know even if it goes wrong there you at least to say he's gone out on a limb and made the change but you no know, it wasn't to be and i'm sure he's going to be under a hell of a lot more scrutiny now with this run off coming
2: yeah i mean we'll, we'll come on to the subs that you just mentioned there but so i he has got limited options you know we we say we've said the same thing over and over again you know he's got mitigating circumstances there's a lot of things that have happened you know gomez is out but as max just alluded to there you know, when it's not working, it doesn't seem to be able to get to change things and make the right decisions. And he definitely did that again yeah. on Saturday.
0: Yeah, I think it's sort of about four different formations during the second half alone. Um, he changes it up and he just puts attackers on, um, puts players on out of position. Um, he, he does like to throw attackers on, but then again, the like-for-like like substitutions as well. Like like Max was saying about um, Coleman, off of, um, Coleman on for seed debate. Um, and I don't think... Did he did anything really wrong, and he wasn't injured? Um, I was wondering what that was all about. When you have Keane sitting there, and he'd been talked about this week, and um, Silva came out and said he's, he's our present and our future, so stick him on. If you need, if if you need that bit of like a bit of a push, why bring a right back on? Why not? Like and I know he doesn't want to throw attackers on, but bring him on up front rather than obviously Tosin wasn't doing much damage. He's a he's a player who likes to play with his goal most of the time whereas Mois likes to run at goal. So I think that's what we needed So bring bring him on up front. But he, he d- didn't seem to want to do that. I think in the end, I saw quite a few players playing out of position. Uh, Sigurdsson was deeper than usual. Cavaloo looked like he was a number 10 at one point. Um, and then Awobi was in the middle and then out on the wing, on the wrong wing, uh, on the right, when he's used to playing out on the left. Um, it just seemed all a bit, all a bit mad. Um, mm-hmm. He didn't really know what he was doing. No plan.
2: What what did you make of the, the full time reaction then, Max? Because obviously you know you're getting beat by bottom of the league two nil, um, deservedly so. Getting beat by the way, you know, fans singing, you're getting sacked in the morning. It's it's not it's not ideal, is it? <laughs> no, <it's, laughs> From our point of view, anyway. It's, it's
1: eversonians for you though, yeah. isn't it, mate? Really. Um, it's like you go back to eighty one when when Howard's just been brought in and like there was you know. Uh, campaigns of, the like, people throwing pillows on the pitch and stuff like that. So mm. this is not new. Like, walking out to the ground, it almost felt like, like I've experienced that match, like, 20 times over the last couple of years, yeah. honestly. Like, I mean, I've seen a lot
2: of people say this is the worst I've ever seen. No. But then it, I've no. seen people under Ali saying this is the worst I've ever seen. I've seen people under Koeman saying this is the worst I've ever seen. It's just a, you know, a merry-go-round, yeah, isn't
1: it's, it? it's just like a, you know, it's a valve for frustration. People... You know, given the opportunity, loved the loved the chance to vent all the frustrations and the anger out of it. And you know, fair dues if you if you pay your money, then you are allowed to do so. But I wouldn't go as far to say it's the worst I've ever seen. Ever in the 2017-18 season was very very drab. And even so, I feel like we're we're giving the players of the eleven players on the pitch a bit of a free pass here. Um, I know that they were kind of a bit part assembled by different managers, like you know, and Allardyce. And and what have you? But still, regardless, um, it just really wasn't good enough. And as I alluded to, I genuinely feel like you know, it's almost like putting you know square pegs in round holes. The profiles of the players don't really gel mm. as a cohesive unit. Um, and I suppose at the end of the day, that stands to Marcel Brands as, as a director of football, and he's in a in a real tricky position now, where he's you know he's got to make some decisive calls, and you know from the reports that you're hearing and coming out from, you know, news outlets and what have you, that they seem to be standing by him for the time being?
2: I mean, just touching on the the, the reaction at the final whistle there, because obviously it was, I mean, Silva did find himself probably in a bit of a dark place there, didn't he? Like, do you know what I mean? It, it, it wasn't good. I'll be honest with you, as soon as the second goal went in, I got off. Um, I just thought, what, what's the point? There's no chance of us coming back. But, Obviously the the grand reaction, but have you seen the videos doing the rounds of the dire- in the director's box and videos of, you know, the videos circulating of fans making their feelings known to to camera and Machadi? What 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 did you make of that? Because clearly they they're not stupid. They obviously know what's going on. Do you think Silver's Do you think past seconds that Machadi's done? Has kind of saved Silver in, in this instance because he doesn't want to pull the trigger too soon.
0: Yeah, he kind of that—that's what um, I think Alan Myers came out and said on Twitter this afternoon when he said that um he doesn't want to be proved wrong. He doesn't he, he doesn't want to admit that he's made the wrong appointment again um because it makes him Mischery look bad um but he kind of said the the sacking of Silver or the decision whether to or not is fully down to Mischery and he didn't mention Brands in it whatsoever which is interesting because as director of football I'd expect him to have a big say, if not the the final say on it, whereas it seems to be fully down to Machiri and Brands' name hasn't really been mentioned in terms of making the call or not, which is strange. I'm not sure how the, like we were saying before, I don't don't think the club know themselves what's going on or... Well, that doesn't look good
2: from a Marcel Brands point of view, doesn't it? If he's run, he should be running all things football in the club and clearly not.
0: Yeah, no, yeah. Obviously, everyone likes to hail Marcel Brands as this godlike figure, but... I do think he's 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 human. Um he's made some wrong calls already and um he has to step in here and he has to make his opinion felt whatever that is, because we don't know that and we don't know my series, to be fair, but it, yeah, as you say, it's evident that um Ken Wright was in a I think he was in a quite an in depth discussion with one of the fans as he was walking back in and he, they obviously know they've heard all the all the calls from the from the from the crowd the the, the fans what the majority of the fans want him gone, um so they're gonna have to respond to that. Um is there any positives that we can take out of the game max? I mean
2: you said there you think a couple of games coming up now, you think if he changes certain things, we could get something we could get something out of it, but I mean Pickford like you said Pickford made a great save um obviously despite conceding two goals, he still looked quite solid, a Wobie, I thought played relatively okay when he came on, but he, he was obviously played on the right wing and was just being drawn into the the center of uh the park, which just left Sigurdsson, you know, isolated again. I don't really know what his role is in the in the team. Is there anything that we can take from that game whatsoever to move on for, to Leicester this this Sunday?
1: You'd be hard pressed. Mm. I, I really do think that you'd be hard pressed. Um, not really, particularly when it you know you're coming up against bottom of the league. Um, and listen, it. Everton no, are just notorious for being a side with just bad luck. Mm. Top of the league when both world wars broke out. Um, you look at the eighties, um, eighty five when English sides get banned from Europe, and you know, we're the side that we are like. Not having the rub of the green is not new. To be fair, um, but if you again if you're looking for positive, you go back to last season and you look at our performances against the the top six sides, particularly Goodison Park. You know you'd like to think that, given the few that we've. Uh, Brought into the ranks that we could put in, you know, if not any anything better performances against them, but yeah, it is hard to see, particularly when I seen I seen a, a stack come out on Twitter the other day, like the the record of Silver put side by side to Cooman is mm. almost identical. I think um, I think Koeman had drew two more rather than lost two, and I think he'd scored two more goals. Does that, Does
2: that then say it's the it's down to the squad and the players then? Mm. Because I, if, if one manager's getting the exact same thing as the other manager from a very similar set of players and a very similar squad, is that is that something for for Marco Silva to take from that?
1: I think you'd be soft to heap the blame to entirely one camp. If mm. you know what I mean, it, uh, I don't think it's entirely Marco Silva's fault, and I don't think it's I don't think it's entirely the squad's fault. But at the end of the day, at the in the eleven lads on the pitch in the blue shirt. It's down to your performances, mm. um, and when you cut when you you know two down against the bottom of the league, it it calls for leaders, and again you get like this almost kind of, just like just carbon copied message from Seamus Coleman after every unexpected defeat that you know the fans deserve better. We should do better. You no know, less talk and more actions. Uh, we haven't. I genuinely like looking back. I don't think we've been. Very good for about five years now. Mm. Um, this this league cup run that we seem to be on, obviously Leicester is going to be a very big test. But even if we get past them, then I feel like it's where the the real test kicks in because then you've got either you know Manchester Cities or your Liverpool's. Um, but on positives, a cup run would be would be fantastic because I know you know me and Tom are roughly the same age and we've only rarely seen us make that too far than an FA Cup final. Um. So a cup run would be a positive, particularly with Leicester coming up soon. But you do need to start discovering some respectability with, with our league performances, because at the end of the day, if we want you know, to... The, the commercial advantages of being a top side are just so evident these days. Mm. You know, the, the, of not, not only the financial benefits, but just the money that comes in from European competitions, the, the exposure that you get around the world... It's, just absolutely huge and it's embarrassing at times to see losing 2-0 to the bottom of the league
2: absolutely <laughs> um Tom Max touched upon leaders and you know the fact we potentially got no leaders in that team Gilfie Sigurdsson was the captain against Norwich not just talking about his overall performance but did he do enough as a captain to 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 lead that team out and to 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 rally the players on the pitch
0: definitely not and i think that's probably why um, Silver did decide to bring Coleman on um because of the lack of leaders. I think he sees that as well. Um Sigurdsson's not a leader, um, and I don't think any of them are. Um Tom Davis may be a future leader, but not 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 at the moment. We we don't need to pile that pressure on him. because um, he's still I know he's been around for a few seasons now, but we don't need to pile all kinds of pressure on him in terms of being rallying this um seemingly doomed squad. Um so we do need a natural leader and I remember saying when we first started this podcast with with, with Mark Crotty on like like uh, start of last season, when he said we need to sign a leader and we still haven't, um, nearly two years on um, and it, it's showing, um, maybe that's why Coleman came on but even 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 Seamus Coleman, a few years ago he wasn't he's obviously been there more than anyone else but he's not a natural leader and um, obviously Max was saying about when he comes out and says the same thing all, all, all over and it just sounds like a broken record and we're all used to it just being let down all the time. And um, obviously, the lack of, lack of leaders is a massive part of that, but it doesn't seem like we'll be getting one anytime soon unless we went out and signed one, um, which in itself doesn't look likely.
2: Yeah. What What did you make at the starting 11? Were you happy with the starting 11, Max? Because it was unchanged from Southampton, which we won. Um, mm. So I know we made changes during that Southampton game. He did bring a war we on, and that, that kind of changed the game, didn't he? I mean, just to stay with Sigurdsson there, it's it's clearly not working with him as the number 10, from like, what I can see. I,
1: I agree with the notion of not changing a winning side. Yeah. But even that performance against Southampton wasn't very bright.
2: But um, well, we only looked like, really bright when Awobi came on anyway, we, didn't we? If you remember Yeah, the
1: Yeah, it, it is true. And I to your point there about Sigurdsson, I, I genuinely think it's time to give Awobi a run in, in that number 10 role. Yeah. Um, he does seem very bright. I am critical of a woby in terms of his his goals and assists return because the you know it's not very good. And when you look at what he did, obviously yeah, he looked half bright, but then almost kind of a chance came his way where it was kind of conjured up in the way we were trying to like we were for, trying to force the ball into like the position of maximum opportunity and see if it broke clean for someone to get a shot off. Right. And uh, you know, shot broke for him just on the edge of the D, and he put it to the back of the Glad, glad Street more than anything. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's it, it's not looking bright, but it's just just mix it up. Like like I said earlier, just giving one of these young lads a run. is something like we something we were notorious for. I dunno if we're gonna end up mentioning his name, but Moyes was particularly notorious for giving young lads a uh, you know, blooding them in, into the first side and yeah. you know, Evertonians, they don't suffer fools gladly. And to see as you said, like to see the same rehashed figures were almost like the, the, the main culprits if you like so you know your Schneidlings your it almost it's almost a bit of a weight lifted off the shoulders because as I said like there's almost like a shared understanding that you know it's a, it's a young lad they are going to take some time to acclimatise to the, to the side and to the surroundings and you know giving Anthony Gordon the run out or actually playing Moyes Keane it might go a long way
2: Well let's let's talk about Moise Keane then because we'll focus on the subs as well but the fact that Moyes Keane wasn't used is What's going on? Because he scored two goals in a week for um, Italy under twenty ones, didn't he? And you would expect, you know, having done that, he would be at least a, you know full of confidence. And he's on the bench. You can't. What's the point in having him on the bench if you're not even at least gonna gonna use when you're two 0 down? You're bringing a right back on for a right back? You <laughs> just don't get it.
0: it was those rumours of discipline it issues? Andy, I'm not sure. Um, I think Silva declined to comment on them or he refused them. Um, in, in the press conference following. But um, yeah, he was left out a couple of weeks ago and um, rumours came out that, um, from Sky Sources, I think it was, that he had been late to a meeting and um, he dropped him for the squad for that reason. So I don't know if he's been um, reprimanded for that and that's part of why he didn't get brought on. But if he is in form scoring for the young side, then he's got he's got to get a chance in that team. And I know Cheng tosin has been playing all right off the bench, so he's, he's got a couple of starts, but he's... he's We've said before on this podcast many times he's not good enough. So if there is a a young striker who could be good enough, why not give him a chance? Mm. And I know there might be discipline issues. He's a young lad who just moved to a new country. He's still learning. He's still learning the language. Never mind that. Interrogating into the squad itself. Um, So he's got to be given a chance. He's got to be eased in. Fair enough. He has been easing him in. Um, But um, when we are in a moment like this, that's what we need. And and Silva didn't seem to want to give us it.
2: I mean, the subs were Coleman for Sadibi, Awobi for Snadlin, Cavett Lewin for Walcott. You know, we're 1-0 down. And they're the subs that he makes when you've got Moyes Keane on the bench. I'll be honest with you, I thought Awobi well, we did okay when he came on. Again, just the whole shape of the team, I felt, just went out of the window because he kept he should have been on the right when he kept going in the middle. Another one, I don't think he was having a great game, Walcott, but another one, which was just strange for me, was you're bringing a right winger off for practical well, centre forward in carvert Lewin Walcott, you would say, would you know be crossing the ball in for someone who's prolific in the air? It's just a strange decision in itself. It
1: seems to be quite a common trait of Silvers, though, to be fair. Like, mm. even last season, it was rather noticeable that it just seems to be all caution to the wind and throwing on attack minded players. Yeah, um, and to be fair, if he'd have done it. For this game, Moise Keane would have been included in that kind of cohort of attacking players. Yeah. I don't think there would have been many complaints. Yeah. But for me it's that like for like at right back. I
2: think people are fuming more at the Coleman to D E B one, aren't they? No
1: he? with no kind of outstanding injury. He of course he was he wasn't playing the greatest, as yeah. I said, in 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 wide areas. You know, they were absolutely terrorising us. Yeah. Or Chasing, chasing the leader, chasing the, you know, you had a goal down at the time, chasing it.
2: I mean, there was no reported injury from Sadibi, so it's it's very rare that a manager brings a right-back on, for a right-back to win a game. Of course. It's, I've never known that usually.
1: Strange decision-making.
2: I mean, as far as we know, we're recording this podcast, and as we speak, it's quarter past six on Monday evening, and it's this podcast is going to go out on Monday evening, but as of now, Silver has not been sacked. So what, what's the thinking behind, behind that? Are they, are they going to be willing to give him a chance for Leicester? Or do you think it's just going to come later on in the week?
1: The view from the Gladys Street podcast from the Liverpool Echo. The view from the Gladys Street podcast.
0: The way, um, straight, even straight after the game, there were sources from inside of the club coming out saying that he was going to be given the Leicester game and then, um, other sources coming out say he wasn't going to give even the less game, and I honestly do think the club don't know at this point. And if they could get someone through the door before, then they would genuinely consider it. But the fact that they can't is meaning like it's kind of be, the lack of replacements is keeping him his job. Um, at the moment, and if there is, if there was a quality manager willing to take the job, um, they would have had him through the door by now. But the fact that there isn't, that's why he's still in the job, and they will be actively actively searching if they've got any sense. But um, at this point. Uh, that there is no one else lined up, unless maybe Moyes until the end of the season. Um, but at this point, he's keeping his job because because of a lack of um other options.
2: I mean, do you see a sense of obviously from the outside looking in? Do you see a sense of panic from from you know the club hierarchy about what's happening? Because let's face it, this is not an, This is not new. We've been on a yeah. poor run of form now. I know we picked up a little bit. We got a good couple of uh, results um over the past month or two. Obviously just come back off the inter- international break. Is it just a matter of there's no one that, that we fancy and it's literally or or um uh, wants to give Silver as much time as possible to get this right?
1: I I genuinely think it's a bit of both, to be honest with you, Ian. Like uh, in terms of your top candidates that have worked in your top European leagues, like your you know, Allegri's, Pochettinos, they're not gonna touch the club. Um I know South American football seems to be booming a little bit at the moment. I yeah, know, yeah. Flamengo's just won the Copa Libertadores, um, and um, River Plate and Boca seem to be playing some decent football at the minute. Obviously, I, I'm not some sort of I'm not well versed in, in who their coaches are and what have you. But given the fact we've got a South American contingent in the side, that may be an option that they want to explore. Don't know. Probably best to err on the side of caution and not because. If you do make such a drastic change and it doesn't work, God knows what that's got in store for you. But yeah, there's no one that's going to touch the club at the minute with the position that we're in. So I can understand if they want to stick with them. Obviously, you've got your um your candidates of your usual sort of British go round. the managers, like we were saying, like Hughes, Moyes. Um, and to me, if we go for Moyes, I feel like that's almost like going full circle. Also, reverted back to where we were yeah. five years ago or so, five, six years ago. It's like re- regression. It may be part of the, the overall progression of the club. You know, we may have to go back to go forward, but it's, it's unlikely.
2: I mean, so I, I am reluctant to talk about new managers and new candidates, but it is part and parcel of it because we don't know what the club are thinking. We don't know whether it's because they want to give Silver time or they don't know whether it's because, the, the, literally, the shortlist out there is just absolute dross. But, you know, the, the two leading, I'll say, I'll say the three, the three leading candidates, should Silver go, it's Moyes' favourite, Eddie Howe and then michael Arteta. Obviously, those others that we're talking about, David Unsworth, I mean, Mark Hughes is obviously mentioned there and... Um, Rafa Benitez, do any of those fill you with confidence whatsoever?
0: Um, not fill me with confidence. The only one I'd have a slight bit of excitement towards Arteta, I think, obviously because um, he's loved at the club and because um, he's done, he seem to have got done good things with Man City. He's learning from a good coach and I think Guardiola came up today and himself and as he does when Arteta gets linked with um, managerial jobs, he said he's free to go if he wants. Um, his personal life comes first, and if that's what he wants, um, then that's fine because he said he's, he is definitely going to be a manager someday. Um, so that will be an exciting one, but obviously no managerial experience whatsoever. Um, so that's a bit of a risk in itself. Um, is
2: that will that just playing devil's advocate? Because obviously, would that just not be a a silver type appointment someone who's probably hasn't got the qualification or not saying hasn't got the qualifications but hasn't really done anything as a manager
0: mm, yeah as Max was saying though I don't think we're going to get um someone properly in this state um unless we were to prevail ourselves up to the, ta- up the table a little bit when no one's going to come near us um so we are going to have to settle for someone again um.
2: it's not even just the table where we are though it just seems to be like the whole situation at the club just seems like a bit of a mess doesn't it
0: yeah but they, they've got the resources available we've got no right amount of money, we've got a, a good owner now. And it all seems to be there, but it's just Everton's a risk. Um because it's Everton and it's a shame, but that's a, that's a situation. Um that no one wants to come near us. They, they've got money, they've got potential new stadium. It, it should be an ambitious prospect, but it's not. And it's just unfortunate that it's not and no one seems to want to come near us. But is um, it a poison chalice? <laughs> yeah, it seems it, yeah, unfortunately, yeah. Um and yeah, as Max was saying, we could go back to David Moyes, but I feel like that would be running run, run back to your ex. And it's kind of like, you don't want to just go all the way back and football's changed since then. It's com- like I honestly do think even in that 10 years, football has changed and obviously he was operating on a shoestring budget and that was what he was good at. And I think he'd be dangerous with money because he wouldn't really know what to do with it. Um, so I don't think that's the solution either. Um, Eddie Howe is a weird one. And honestly, if I was Eddie Howe, I wouldn't leave Bournemouth for Everton at the moment, and that's a sad thing to say. But I think his project he's got there is probably better than than risking coming to Everton and starting a completely new one. Um, which is a shame, but I can't see a decent alternative at this point. What
2: about you, Max? Who's your preferred option
1: out of the one that you give me, mate? If, if Mikel Arteta's is meant to be this Pep Guardiola pro- prodigy then you know it it all day. Um, meant to be. <laughs> you'd like you'd like to think so, mate. Like I've got some fantasy dreamland in my mind as a nineties baby that Mikel Arteta and Tim Cahill come in and, and lead us to glory in some sort of some sort of twisted way, but it, it's highly, highly unlikely. Um But it is a fact that any time I've won a trophy over the past It's been under a former player. Former player. Yeah. I, that that's sort of a fact that sticks with me too. So Mark Hughes played for us once. Upon a <laughs> <laughs> we can't can see that happening.
2: Making a case for good old
1: there. Is there? Nah, I, I I genuinely don't know me. Like because Tom was saying, like he at, at the moment, Mikel seems to be in this class. sort of bubble between our position and, and Arsenal's position with the kind of ambiguity over Unai Emery's. Well,
2: position. would he would he maybe even hold out for the Arsenal job? Do you think would that be a preferred option for him? Obviously, you don't know what he's thinking, but.
1: Probably. I mean, in terms of the infrastructure at the club that you're going into, Mm. obviously you're dealing with a higher calibre of player Um, in terms of the, as I was saying, like the internal structure of the club seems miles ahead of Everton. Like There's always that, that the attraction of London. It just seems to be this undisputed fact Mm. in in the football industry. But um, it wouldn't surprise me if Arteta goes nowhere, you know. Um, The... The project that he's on at the minute, um, it seems to be in ex- a really good learning curve for him. Obviously, why you'd wanna part ways with Guardiola, I think, in terms of your own self confidence, you'd have to be one hundred percent certain that you're, you're ready to take flight in into a, you know, a proper managerial role. But again, we haven't we haven't even mentioned like switching your manager up in the middle of a season, particularly before December, when not only are the the fixtures so tough but they're coming at you thick and fast you've got like one game every couple of days it, it's not an ideal situation to be dropping a new candidate into
2: I mean we're just we're, well, we're just back to square one won't we because it just feels like we we might I'm not saying I want this but we should we might as well have just kept Allardyce as the manager because you know we, we sat Koeman and brought Allardyce in which was obviously going to be the end till the end of the season so we got rid of Allardyce which I was all for by the way but we're back to square one again halfway through a season do we get someone in for till the end of the season or do we go, do we get someone in who's going to be there for a project for two to three years like we have meant to have done with silver
1: that falls on marcel brand's shoulders does it though <laughs> I, no, I i would, as I, I would say it does as not only as he director of football but he's also a board member i think he's got shares in the club now too so those you know those decision, the, the, that decision making in that you know in that football realm it falls on his shoulders if you want to pull the trigger during the most hectic time of the season. Go ahead, and it falls on your head if it, if it, you know, if it doesn't go well. But I think preseasons are, is a key is key for any new manager coming in. Ideally, you want to get you want to get a feel for your players before anything else, mm. um, and dropping them in 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 the winter period. Obviously, that January window is very very tough. To acquire players because you you're paying well over the odds. I think we know that. I was saying from the 17-18 season when we brought in Tosin and Walcott, who again seem to be one of these um one of these kind of one of the victims that you kind of put everything on the shoulders of. Well, so.
2: they were both for, to do a job, weren't they? To attack on players for us to score goals to keep us up, and then six months later down the line, basically everyone saying they're not good enough for the team. It's
1: true to be fair.
2: I mean we could have a scenario whoever it is whoever comes in if he was to go we could have a, mi- a mismatch of players from four or five different managers and that is just insane isn't
0: it? Yeah we started the project with Silva and I feel like it would be perhaps giving up on the project to, uh, or would be giving up on the project to let him go because he's got he's signed we've, we've invested a lot of money into signing players that Silva specifically wanted Um not to mention and for one. He obviously, he was literally the board that said to Marco Silver, who do you want? And he'd given him a name. Yeah. But um, we've put a lot of money into the project of uh, signing players for Silver, giving him what he wants and building a squad around this manager. And we're going to just throw it away and hope that the next manager, it'll just fit for him. Have, have we given him fully what he wants? Do you think in the, in
2: the, in the last transfer window, we, we got the players that... Should have got no,
0: to be fair. Um, I think he did come out and say that he wanted certain positions like a centre back and a, um, and a couple of other positions which weren't given to him. But um, as much as a couple of those positions weren't filled, we still haven't invested a lot of money into the project and we would be kind of giving up on the project um, if we were to get rid of them. So we'd kind of probably have to go for a similar one. Um, so the, the players we have signed would, would fit that. Otherwise, it's completely restart the whole thing all over again and um, invest another few hundred million into a new project
2: well, one person which I want to talk about we can't we can't not talk about him in this uh, in this podcast again if Silva was to go candidates talking about Rafael Benitez mm-hmm. Max you got a grin on your face there I'll be honest with you I'm going to come out and say it if Silva was to go I would go all out for, for Benitez the Liverpool Association doesn't bother me I think modern day football now um, fans just need to get over it. I think you look at the likes of Mourinho, you know, prolific, massive loyalty to Chelsea. Has been to United already. He's been, you know, he's a he's a Tottenham. It happens all the time in the Italian league. You, you look at Angelotti. He's managed Juventus, AC Milan, Napoli. Um,
1: key difference: though look at the size of them clubs and look at what those clubs have achieved during the times of appointments. Okay, they're they're jumping from one successful club to another. Um and he says, I'm not going to use the same analogy that I used before, <laughs> but it, it's just, it wouldn't be very pleasant. I know I know a lot of mates who, who've had season tickets who are just apathetic towards it now. They just don't really care. And very, very sad to to hear, really. They're just losing complete interest. And I, I, I'd say around 2012, around that time, I viewed Tottenham and Liverpool as our kind of, our main competitor, and Chelsea is our sort of main competitors for league positions. And, you know, we finished above them uh, around that time too. Um And again, as I was saying, that Everton look, as referred to, the aforementioned club seems to have just gone on an up, upward trajectory. And we've just st- stagnated and been Everton. Uh, one thing that we haven't mentioned, which I probably should have come in in the reaction to the Norwich game, is how much we miss Idrissa Gay. Absolutely. Like, you're talking about... Position like the positional awareness of the players, lack of pace, lack lack of running, lack of tracking your man. Adrisa uh, Garnegie does all of that in abundance, and you know he, he's doing it week in week out for for PSG. He saw loss.
2: So you're a no one, Benitez. Then no. <laughs> so I'm going. What, what are your thoughts? I mean, I, I'm just going to ask the question: Is been out of those people? Those candidates mentioned is Benitez not the standout manager who has managed at the the highest level? who has even managed the, the lower level in terms of Newcastle and still managed to work on a shoestring budget and keep them up and played, you know, decent football, got them organised, but more importantly, has won trophies with, you know, with these football teams and he's got a house on the Whittle.
0: Yeah. I <laughs> <laughs> honestly would say he's the best manager who's been linked with us. Um, well, realistically anyway, Um this kind the likes of Jose Mourinho. People coming out and saying, obviously, but um, realistically, he's probably the best manager who's been linked with us. But the obvious um, issue is the Liverpool link, and um, it's it's whether it's a big issue or not. Obviously, we haven't had um, a player across the park since is it Abel Abel? Yeah, yeah. Is is he the last one? Um, which is it would be a bit um, obviously deviating from the norm, but um, maybe that's what we need. Um, it would be awful though if he were to come and it would be a failure and I just hate getting laughed at by Liverpool fans who obviously had so much success with him. Um, yeah, he did do a brilliant job in Newcastle to be fair, he had a pretty poor squad and still managed to get them mid-table. Um, so with money, um, with us, I do think he could do a, a, a good job and if we can get ourselves over those... Um, those issues, But I do think there will be a large proportion of the fan base who will be against it, is the only issue.
2: No, I mean, I agree. I think the one concern for me would be after a couple of bad results, say if we got one or two bad results, then it would quickly turn, wouldn't it? It
1: was like that initially when he went to Chelsea though, wasn't it? A mm. lot of their fans didn't take it, too yeah. kindly to want to, a... Or Beard, he went on and won the Europa League, didn't yeah. he? But, uh, I don't know, Like I'm thinking back to when his Newcastle side played at Goodison. I think they may have even beat us or, or scraped a draw or something like that. But the style of football that they played, you know, low block all behind the ball, mm. trying to play on the counter. I
2: mean, I understand that. It's just it's it seems organised to me. Where at the moment we're just none of that.
1: True, very
2: true. I, I, ideally, I, I wouldn't. I, I wouldn't have him as a as a candidate. But I just think we're in an absolute mess, and I'm just. I just don't want Moismar. <laughs> I'm not saying he's he's a bad manager. I, I don't. I just, I agree with you. We we will have like come in a way like full circle and like almost getting laughed at by, by other fans. Like I we'll, think we're already getting laughed at. Well, yeah, we are getting fair. laughed at to be fair. We are. Yeah. Okay. Well, we'll finish off the podcast with this last segment. We're obviously going to take it that Silva is going to be in charge for the rest of the game um, on Sunday. Max, what does he need to do now then to to get it to, to keep his job and to get something at least out of that game? You're the manager. You're in charge. What What's he got to do?
1: <laughs> May, make those make those adjustments. That, you know what's within his control. To, to, you know, do what you can manage. Plug Gordon in. Give Moyes Keane a run out. You no, know, no matter how many times he's late for training, he's still <laughs> he's still got a lot of potential. yeah. yeah. Um, s- switch up the formation. And if you're going to stick with the 4231 do not have these static, yeah. slow on the turn players that just kill the pace of the game and stop with... Cause there's so many predictable predictable algorithms in our play. It seems to be like forcing the ball out wide and swinging it in and hoping we get the second bounce on the edge of the box, which isn't great and... You know what, it's it's unlikely, but I, I think it might have even been an echo podcast with uh Preno. I think he had uh, Derek Mountfield in where he said, in regards to the um the underperforming in cup competitions, try and get a handful of lads from that eighties squad into uh, in the dressing room to sit them down and say, Listen, this is what it means to play for this football club. The albeit the standards have seem to have dropped since since the eighties, but uh, I think the, at that point the standard was so high that we've 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 done nothing but suffer, you know, the the nineties onwards. Um, but yeah, it's a, no satisfaction, no optimum. We need to try and hammer that motto back into the club.
2: I mean, Tom, f- for someone who needs to save the job, the next two sets of fixtures you're playing second and first. It's not it's not ideal, is it? Obviously, so. I mean, is a draw good enough
0: against Leicester for him to keep his job? Yeah, to be fair, like, obviously it is a difficult couple of games, but with expectations so low at the moment, he has got scope for, if he did draw both of those games, I think Evertonians would be happy with that at this point. Would you take that right now? Yeah, definitely, yeah. Uh, Points against Leicester and Liverpool, who are second and first, without a doubt, yeah, I think that probably keep him his job um, and get some of the fans on board with him if he got two draws. and It's a a sorry situation that we're going into a Leicester game, worried after being level pegging with them last season.
2: Would but, the performances have to we have something to say about the performances as well because like, you wouldn't want to just get battered, would you, by Leicester and Liverpool and just come away luckily that we've got a draw? You'd have to show some sort of you know fight from the team,
0: yeah. So, yeah, uh, like, like Max was saying, we'd have to make a few changes, maybe of the youngsters out because that's what some, some under fire managers do that just put some youngsters out and see if it works. And I do think at this point, that's probably what it's come to. Um, get Anthony Gordon out, get Moise Keane out. I so, know it's probably not the ideal situation when they Blossom and you've got to be they've got to be shielded, but at this point it's better than what we've got out there. So we're gonna to have to and we're gonna to have to change it up a bit. And if he's not willing to do that, willing to do that, then he will lose his job. So he knows that's what he's gotta do.
2: But just to both of you, then what what's your got feeling he hasn't been sacked as far as we know yet? Is he still gonna be there in charge against Leicester?
1: Probably yeah, to be honest. Yeah. Do you agree? Yeah, I think so.
2: Yeah. Okay, well, we'll watch this space. We'll see, we'll see what happens over the next uh, 24 hours. But obviously, it is looking more likely that he is going to still be in charge for Leicester. Um, lads, Tom, Max, thank you for coming on. Much appreci- appreciated. For everyone out there listening, to all the Royal Blue listeners, thank you once again for listening. And we'll be back again with the Fan Podcast next week. With um, This week, there'll be a whole host of uh, preview content for the Leicester game on the Liverpool Echo website. Thanks again for listening.
1: You've been listening to The View from the Gladys Street podcast from the Liverpool Echo.